Uh, so I have a love hate relationship with water parks. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> love hate. Love hate. Yeah. Like so, actual hate. Well, I hate. I hate the idea of being there all day in a wet swimsuit with the like cheese grater mesh in the undercarriage <laughs> and my shirt off, and like I'm probably gonna get burnt because I'm of German heritage. <laughs> And I'm fat, and like everyone knows I'm fat, and nobody's like, nobody's surprised. Like, everybody's like, oh, oh, he took his shirt off. Oh, God. Like, no, no, like, that's not what happens. But just the idea of the water park, I hate, but I love the rides. Pat, have you ever been to a water park? You did just identify the worst parts of a water park. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's every great. single yeah. one. Everyone, you were prepared for that. <laughs> yeah, well, what he, although he did miss the safety break because a kid pooped in the pool. <laughs> no. A kid. No, I'm for. It might have been Chris. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you be know real. what? The safety. I'm for safety breaks at certain water parks. There's a water park in uh, in Mexico. No safety breaks, and they had these 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 attractions, these rides that I thought. Like, there's no regulations, right? There's just no way. Because <laughs> the one that was, like, nine-story tall, I'm not making this up. It was 100 feet up. And it was so straight down and fast, you left the slime. <laughs> and that was the only part of it that didn't hurt. You know? Like, it just just killed your back the whole way down. And then you landed hard and landed into the pool. Oh, my it gosh. It was wild. That's the worst. So, so the, uh, the closest thing I've had to that situation is when I was 22, like a grown-up, me and my friends went to Disney World in Orlando for spring break. Okay, so a bunch of friends went to like Cabo or whatever that island is in Texas. I can't remember what it's called now. But like, we went to Disney World because one of our friends had like a townhouse with her family. It was fine. Well, it's the most magical place on earth. It is. I've been told. Right. Thank you. <laughs> and when you're 21, you can drink your way around Epcot. It's great. But uh, the problem was my flights were different from our friends. So literally everyone I was with left on like a whatever, like a Friday or something, and I left later that evening they left in the morning i left at like seven at night so i chose to as a 22 year old man go to blizzard beach water park in Disney World alone <laughs> <laughs> like a serial killer right so I'm just wandering around i was no there's no one at blizzard beach between the age of 14 and 50 right except me just wandering around the water park i was gonna ask how much your bail was <laughs> oh. so i did i like i cruised around the lazy river for like 45 minutes just to like <laughs> get used to the process of being alone but then i went to the one the one like flume slide that they have like you're talking about right yeah. it's like many stories tall it's straight down and it was the only slide i've ever gone on where i was standing at the top and i can't see the slide you just <laughs> you just slide out into the yeah. void and like i oh. and my only thought like the, the you know different from your mexico experience my only thought in my brain is Disney wouldn't build something where people would die. <laughs> like, like they're way too self-interested in the bottom line. It would sure. ruin their business. If I people trust were... Disney. But I, in my brain, was picturing myself flying off the slide into oh. Western Orlando. You know what I mean? Oh, oh my gosh, it was terrifying, and it was fine. I survived. It was okay. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you're okay, and you're not in uh, Orlando jail right now. Me too. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to StoryDram, a podcast where we share stories to help share the story. Have you ever felt paralyzed when someone asks you a question? When someone asks us a question, it's often better to answer with a story than a soundbite. I'm Corey LaCroix, and I'm here with Chris Costellis. Let's tell some stories.
parks. They're the worst slash best. <laughs> the other one, the other thing in Mexico they have is this one that where you just stood in this ankle deep water, and then this wave came over the top of the thing, and just like knocked everybody down, and just like in, just just knocked us down into the like into the lazy river, like Bring it. with no just tubes. Four like D tsunami experience. Yeah, it was like getting knocked over. It's like, hey, go stand in the middle of the ocean where a, wa- a rogue wave's gonna. It was called rogue wave, but in no. Spanish. <laughs> Which I don't know what that is, but it's it was dangerous. Someone translated it for me, is what I'm saying. <laughs> that was crazy. Um, here, of course, the Corey Lacroix, and our guest today is uh, the world famous, the, the infamous, famous. absolutely the 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 most incredible uh, Pat Malay. Pat, thanks hey, for being here. Infamous only because I went to Disney World water park by myself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Florida man gets arrested, oh. for lone entry into water park. Yeah, <laughs> at that time it was Iowa man. Thank you very much. <laughs> I just happened to be in Florida. So go. I could assign it to them if I got arrested. That's fine. Yep. Uh, good to be here, man. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, tell Appreciate us a little about yourself. Yeah, so um, what do you need to know? Not much. I um, I love Notre Dame football way too much. Um, my favorite, uh, like my perfect burger is uh, medium rare, uh, Gouda cheese, bacon, crispy onion straws, barbecue sauce. They call it the cowboy burger or the western burger, depending on what dive bar you go to. <laughs> and if they have that place, if they have that burger at a restaurant, I will get order it every time and it drives my bride crazy because there are a million other good things and I always have that, but I'm never disappointed. Um I also love the Marvel Cinematic Universe more than any grown still? 41-year-old Wait, still? man should. Still uh, I'll date the episode for this, but Secret Invasion recently was a little disappointing, and I can admit that as an objective human Ooh, being. Okay, um, but I, I have lots of hope for the future. Yeah. We're, this is not what the podcast is about, but I'm contrarian. I thought it was okay. Did you really? I th- you know what? Because it's better than Miss Marvel. That's all I'm saying. I did like Miss Marvel. What? Can we agree that She-Hulk was a little meh? Uh, breaking the fourth wall was a mistake. Yes, I agree. Big yeah, that's good. I did, yep. They should not have done it. <laughs> Corey, your thoughts? Yeah. How do you feel about? <laughs> she should not have given her the Zach treatment from Saved by the Bell. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, what else? Um, so Ken and I have been married for uh, 14 years now. We have seven kids, and they're Dang. all wonderful. I love them all, and um, we run. <laughs> Just in case anyone was wondering, I love them all. <laughs> if our children listen to this later yeah. on, I'd like yeah. them to you know. know. You want? I, I, I feel like every time I say that, it's like I'm telling myself that you yeah, love right. them all. You love them. You love all them. You really them. do. No matter yeah. how you feel right now, you love them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah and we, we own and run an organization called the Martin Center for Integration for the yeah. Integration of Faith and Mental Health. We have a podcast called This Whole Life about yeah. faith and mental health as well. And uh, I'm just excited to hang out with you guys. So awesome. glad you're here, Pat. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah, we're super glad you're here. And um, we talked a little about water parks, but you have, uh, you have a bit of a story for us about a time when you made your own water park. So there's a lot of pressure now being the only one not named Corey or Chris to tell a story <laughs> on this podcast. First but, of many. Yeah. Whoo, we're going we're gonna to do I mean, our best. The listeners are just excited to finally get a good story. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah. Some of it was pretty good. There's, gonna, only, be there's only so many episodes you're like, oh, they're laughing at each other again. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it was entertaining for me, all right? Maybe okay, no good, one else felt that way, but I had Our wives time. are done. <laughs> they are <laughs> They checked out after there. episode three. I thought you exactly. Said, they're both like, I thought you said we had our own episode coming. We're like, yeah, yeah, someday. You know, you know. <laughs> we got to build a foundation, sweetie. It's yeah. okay. We're getting there. Um, yeah. So what do you need context wise? I, um, when I was in college, so I lived, I, I, I'm from Iowa originally for the most part, went to college at Notre Dame in Northern Indiana. And I would come back to Iowa during the summers and work at this ecumenical Christian summer camp thing. And it was 
great and beautiful and transformative for a bunch of reasons. Mostly it was just a great excuse to have a ton of fun with my friends to do a little bit of like, you know, Jesus type ministry, but in a way that was like, I was learning as much as the kids. We led Bible studies. We had a ropes course. We went hiking. We just like a ton of crazy stuff. And we, um, every day would take the kids from the camp into town in Makokata, Iowa, which is as awesome as it sounds <laughs> to the, the, to the Makokata pool, right? The like little municipal, <laughs> like 5,000 person town pool. Okay. Yes. So there's nothing special about this pool except that in the middle of the afternoon, every day of the summer, a bunch of weird camper kids would come from the camp outside of the town and would just descend upon the pool and ruin life for the locals for like 45 minutes. It was the for best. Sure. Um, so we as counselors had a love-hate relationship with the pool just like you, right? So yeah. we loved the pool because it was time that we weren't like actively in charge of entertaining and watching the children at all times because they were lifeguards. Yeah. So like it's great. We get to relax and chill out. The hate relationship was that the children would not often settle for that. So they would be like, get in the pool, get in the pool. And they would just want to like <laughs> destroy us, basically. They would like use us for an aquatic jungle gym and just like play around and try to break our arms. <laughs> and it was it was nice to be appreciated. Right. Love um, to be loved. Yeah, not, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> sure. Uh, the My favorite little detail about the pool is that they had a sign on the outside that said, welcome to the Makokota Ool. Please notice there's no pee in our pool. We'd like to keep it that way. Yes! <laughs> Classic Legendary. small town sign, right? Like The Y is not going to get away with that. You can't do that yeah. kind of language of the Y. But the Makokota has no issue. No, right? no city administrator is like, that's not best, best practices. Like, but, you know, like, <laughs> this town's like, we're going for it. <laughs> and the kids, lo- they thought it was the funniest joke ever. It was the bit that never died with the kids at the camp. It was the best. Uh, we're going to have to change your sign now. <laughs> That sign's a lie. <laughs> I know because oh I peed. Gosh, seriously. <laughs> it's a pool after all. <laughs> so uh so let's see. So I'd been working at this camp for maybe two or three summers, something like that at that point. So this one particular day, I had been to this specific little boring pool probably a hundred and twenty times, right? Of like wow. nine weeks of the summer, we would go four days a week. Um that's bad math. So it was probably pretty, like, yeah, yeah. It was like it was like seventy five times by summer number three, yeah. something like that, right? But it was like it was too much, whatever it was. It felt there, like a lot. It, it felt, yeah, it it like, felt like a thousand. Million, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, one day, me and my buddy were sitting uh, on the edge of the pool, trying not to get convinced to get in and like be, wrestle with the kids, so we didn't get injured and like bleeding and stuff. Uh, and my buddy leans over to me and he says, "Hey, uh, I got an idea." And like any good friend, I said, okay, uh, what's your idea? And again, like any good friend, he said, just come with me. I'll show you. (laughs) I said, okay, sounds good. So he recruited probably 30 or 40 kids that came with us, these little campers, to get in a circle in the shallow end of the pool. Okay, so there's typical pool, shallow end, deep end, two diving boards at the deep end. Okay, and we get in a circle of like maybe 40 people, campers and counselors together. And my buddy H says, all right, here's the deal. We're just going to start walking in a circle. Okay. (laughs) And that was the whole game. We just started walking like counterclockwise in this circle around the shallow end. And the campers don't know what we're doing, but this is new (laughs) and different. This is day three. So they're ready for a change. You know, like we're walking. There's got to be a fun result to this. And of course, we as adults know there's no fun ending to this game. (laughs) This is just diversion for you for like five minutes. Right. So we start walking in the circle. 
probably like 30 seconds in, we're walking in the circle and we notice that the water is actually moving with us now. And we're like, yeah, this is like cooler than I thought it would be. This is yeah. not just walking in the circle. The water's playing along. That's great. Okay. A vortex. I am I, vor- exactly right. <laughs> I am Percy Jackson. You know, like you know, like, you know, like look at you channeling your inner twelve year old. That's good. That's <laughs> Read all the books. You know. <laughs> so we just keep doing it. Like yeah. there's no reason to stop now. So keep going, keep going. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the water starts picking up faster and faster. And now it 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 turns the corner now to like. This is kind of interesting, you know what I mean? Even <laughs> yeah. for us adults, right? The counselors are like, well, let's see what we can make of this now. Let's you know what I mean? Like, this goes. <laughs> correct. So we start picking up speed, right? So yeah. the kids are trying to, they're, they're like running now around the circle counterclockwise. We adults are picking up the speed and we're, we're going faster. And soon, probably a minute later, kids start, you know, they'll like step, step, step. And all of a sudden they'll get whoosh, swept like five, six feet without touching the ground, right? Because now the water's moving so fast like a toilet bowl that it's carrying them with them a little bit and their eyes get big and they're looking at us like, is this okay? You know, like when kids are on the verge of like, I don't know if this is dangerous or not. So they look to an adult to see if it's dangerous. Right. And we just keep the brave face on, right? We're like, it's, it's great. Keep going. <laughs> Everybody faster now. So that's exactly what we did. Everybody faster. The water's moving faster. We got to go faster than the water. So we keep going and going and going. Eventually, there are little you know, eight-year-old children getting swept 30 feet around half the circle before they can touch the ground again. We adults are starting to get picked up off the ground and carried around the circle (laughs) a little bit. The, The vortex has now a life of its own. No one's in control, and the pool is taking us for a ride. Whoa. And it was awesome and it was a little bit terrifying the the sweet little small town lifeguards are up in the chairs like what in the blazes are you people doing down there but they're not about to jump in and stop it like they're gonna get sucked into this whole situation too right so i remember a few things vividly i remember coming around the pool one time and getting swept around without my feet actually touching the bottom of the pool and i make eye contact with our boss his name was pastor eric he was awesome great Lutheran pastor had a great heart for, for camp, for the kids, for, for ministry, everything. And he gave me the look of like, I love you, but I am going to murder you when this is over. Right. And just like lasers coming out of his eyes. Right. Because all he's looking at, of course, from like the, the director of the camp is lawsuit upon lawsuit of what's about to happen. Right. So I make eye contact with him. We get swept around again And I look over toward the deep end of the pool, and all of a sudden, I see one little child just go, shoom, and get sucked under the rope into the deep end of the pool, right? And I can't totally see who it is, so I'm not real confident they can swim super well, right? And then, like, kid number two, shoom, into the deep end, right? So, (laughs) we were... So here's what happened in the middle of Pat's story. Pat, like you just heard, was in the middle of telling this amazing story about endangering the lives of all these children by making his own water park. <laughs> when just the moment, the sort of climax of the story, when we didn't know what was going to happen, the lives of these children, literally the power went out at Pat's house. We were in his attic studio <laughs> recording, and the power just went. And we're like, what? 
And we looked it up. It was going to be hours until they got the power back on. 4,000 households 4, lost power house- that night. For no, like, there was no storm. <laughs> no reason, right? Yeah, just and, – uh, and so we just – we kind of made we kind of made the exact decision. We're just gonna stop recording, and we wouldn't let Pat finish the story. Yeah. Yeah. So we have no idea what if the kids died or anything. I guess oh. Pat's not in jail. So, but um, <laughs> anymore. Yeah, Wait, exactly. what? <laughs> no, but anyway, here we go. We're gonna pick up the story kind of where we left off. So uh, you're making a whirlpool. Kids are flying in the deep end. You're not sure they can swim, and. <gasps> And <laughs> I love picking up at this point, by the way, like yeah. children's lives are on the line. What was what was happening? Um, so where we left off on uh, previously on uh, the story to Ram podcast, um, children are being sucked into the deep end of the pool. OK. And all of us counselors are watching this happen. And and all of us had turned off the part of our brain that said this might not be a great idea. Yeah. Right. Up until that point. Yeah. And then we see children get sucked into the pool. And then thanks be to God, that part of our brain reengages because we recognize that there may actually be some physical danger to life and limb at some point here. So we did whatever we could to stop the whirlpool. It was really funny, actually, because the children that were being sucked around the whirlpool and, and their feet weren't even on the pool, they, they were no good to us. They were just fodder in the tornado, yeah. right? So all of us adults start trying to, like, we turned the opposite direction, right? I think the I think originally we were going counterclockwise, so we start moving clockwise, Whoa. and we're just trying to, like, <laughs> digging our feet into the bottom of the pool, like, Argh! This is great for radio and podcasting right here that you can't see what I'm doing. More but grunting. The visual is terrific. Right? Yeah, yeah. Arms churning, feet yeah. digging. And all of us counselors were trained and certified lifeguards. Okay. Okay. I'm not convinced that all of us deserve the certification. <laughs> But we all passed the class. Many of us, maybe present company included, sweet talked the the instructor and allowed, like, convinced her to pass yeah. us. But regardless, enough of us got the whirlpool slowed down. A couple of us went into the deep end. None of the children were like five, ten feet down yet. Yeah. They were near the surface at the worst. So we grabbed a couple kids. We brought them back to the shallow end, or just like put them up on the side of the pool and. Everyone was totally fine. Whoa. And then <laughs> the 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 aftermath was always funny because, like, you know when you're a kid and you have done something wrong and your mom or dad knows that you did something wrong. Yeah. And before you even get home, you know that they know that you have done the wrong thing. Right. Right. So you just, like, it's just the green mile. Like, every step toward the house is like dead man walking like this is a bad situation that was the feeling getting out of the pool and confronting our boss the camp director and he thanks be to god he was very merciful and he knew that we knew that we were never going to do that again (laughs) yeah yeah so he just like calmly was like so um that was a one-time deal you're like yes sir yes it was um nobody got sent to jail no children were harmed in the making of this, what we came to call the vortex of death. <laughs> <laughs> Misnamed. What a name. Exactly, right. Ironically yeah. named, but uh, you know, it, it aptly captured the intensity of the moment for about 10 yeah. seconds there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was great. It was great. Stories for lives yeah. uh, for all the little campers that could tell people that they survived summer camp when we tried to 
ruined their lives. Yeah. yeah there's a kid in a different podcast telling the story from there. And then the whirlpool got you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just amazing. Yeah, it's pretty spectacular. So we you talk about this idea of like knowing knowing this moment then you're in trouble and you're going towards this I mean he's this father figure, he's this, you know, is the right. director or whatever. Uh like and he's so merciful and, and so good, but when you already know your thing, he doesn't have to say as much. Right. You know? Exactly. I think that's such a that's such a beautiful reflection mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is meaningful that uh um uh there's there's a line in uh one of the Narnia books and, and right now I can't remember what it is, but uh, when Aslan, the the lion, yeah, the like yeah. you know Jesus figure, yeah, is looking at one of the kids. Yeah, Rar. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> that's one of his lines, actually. Yeah, yeah. you're quoting the books. Uh, yeah. He goes to one of the kids who has messed up, and the kid knows that he has messed up, and Aslan just has this really beautiful short little line. He says, "I will not always be scolding, just mm. like letting people be mm. in the stage of growth and development yeah. and correcting where it needs correction, but mercy when." there's no condemnation necessary you know yeah. it was a yeah. it was a merciful moment for sure <laughs> wow yeah i know like this is a story that happened how many years ago right? geez like 20, 20 yeah years right ago. crazy i would imagine there's many things that you've learned from that right that experience. right like what what are some of the things the parallels that you've made one of the biggest things honestly that i think i pulled out of it a few years afterward was this connection this metaphor for what baptism means for people of faith for christians like us that Mm. um i I, you know i was i was born catholic baptized catholic i I never remembered my baptism and i absolutely took it for granted for probably more than 20 years frankly you know i i looked at it as this thing that happened i don't remember it so it didn't change anything because how could it change anything if i don't even remember being there you know and um only when i started you know getting to know jesus a little better getting a greater appreciation for all the sacraments, including baptism, did the the image of that <laughs> vortex of death really take on this newfound meaning for me that like yeah. if if we could see what was happening at a baptism, what we see with our eyes is very like, oh, the baby's cute and the water and yeah. the oil and like the the most exciting part is whether the baby cries or not, right? right. Like if the baby cries, yeah. we talk about it for three days. <laughs> and if the baby doesn't cry, we're like, oh, it's a holy baby. And what a good cry. child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just like all the grandpa- grandfathers are ready with like <laughs> cheesy comments either way, whether the baby cries or not, right? True, but so it's true. it's peaceful. It's quiet. It's pretty contained. It can be. It can feel a little sterile, you know. And I'm pretty convinced now that if if we could see with the eyes of faith what was actually happening, like the spiritual event, then it would be just this crazy, chaotic, beautiful, powerful experience of like wow. like forces moving and angels celebrating and yeah. like heaven rejoicing over this new soul that's been claimed now, like that kind of like energy and movement and dynamism and. I would say even a little bit of danger says a lot to me about baptism too, because you know, when we get baptized, we're baptized into being disciples of Jesus. And he said like in this world, you will have trouble, right? Like this is not always going to be an easy journey for someone who chooses that path. And sometimes you're going to get sucked in even deeper than you expected, you know? And and there's that element of risk. Like, am I going to get out of this alive? (laughs) Am I going to be safe? And, um, and, you know, Aslan, again, uh, uh, Chronicles of Narnia says uh, mm. that you know, people say that he's not a tame lion. He's not safe. 
Of course, he's not safe, but he's good. Like yeah. that kind of uh, connection to baptism, I, I've just it's meant a lot to me over the years. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, look at the from those of us who are Catholic, or we walk into a church and there's like a little holy water font or whatever, or even the baptismal font, and you look at the water and it's often like really beautiful and really peaceful. Yeah. But when you think about it, like this is the place where I'm remembering a death that I've experienced. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is what I told the RCA class last year. I'm like, if you really think about what baptism is, like take a step back from it, from all the religious stuff you know already. It's a ritualized fake drowning. Yeah, right. We take, we don't submerge babies. We generally splash them. But like, in theory, we take someone, we hold them under the water. We go in the name of the Father. Yeah. And then we pull them back up in the name of the Son. In the name of the Holy Spirit. And every time we're like, you should come up. (gasps) Sucking air as if it is for the first time. Like the first breath you take out of baptism is like the first breath you take out of your mother's womb Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it is your death in this world so that when you do close your eyes for the final time and you open them again in heaven, you've already died once. Yeah. You've already passed in this world. And so you're now going to live forever. And uh, so telling them it's a ritualistic death, I think, is uh, like that's always a nice way to introduce <laughs> catechumens. So, like, welcome to Christianity. Welcome to Christianity. We're going to drown you. That's the first thing. But, but ritualistically, you know, yeah. it gets better. It gets better because then we rub oil on your face. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. no, it's 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 really funny, which is funny. But it's like also maybe there's things that especially as an adult. Right. That like I, I do want to die in my life. Oh, absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. And like that. What is that film that was out recently? I think it was called Jesus Revolution. Mm-hmm. There was this scene where this this adult man is baptized and he's coming out of the water and like you you have like the dark water and as he comes up he gets lighter and mm-hmm. then he sees the sun and then like comes out of the water and takes this breath. Um, and I just yeah I think I've tried to remember that as I come to the little holy water fonts when I enter the church mm-hmm. just to remember like wow like. Lord, like you, you made me a new creation and like you, you, this is the stuff that you're about, like about making me a new creation. Yep. Um, cause like I needed that then, but I need it now too. Absolutely. I think it's easy to be like, oh, my baptism happened back then, you know, but we're constantly living, the, living it out now and renewing it through the other sacraments and yeah. false sacraments kind of flow from baptism in a certain way. Then like we have to continually, continually choose it. And I think like if you're a guy out there and you're like, I have not thought about my baptism ever or like whatever, (laughs) like that doesn't mean you have to continue like that. Maybe you can start now, like go to church, like go up to a little baptismal font and go, all right, I'm going to make this mean something today. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so stick your fingers in there and bless yourself in the name of the father, the son, the Holy spirit. And it's the same formula. It was used when you were a baby or whenever you became Christian, you know, like that's, that's something we can choose to do. That's a small thing a big meaning you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah wow pat thanks for sharing your story today brother my pleasure thanks for uh letting me finish the story i appreciate that yeah it's really it's really <laughs> nice to hear the end that everybody was <laughs> okay i love that everyone listening had to wait five seconds and you guys <laughs> had to wait one whole month it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. true pat uh we know that you and your wife can have been doing some pretty incredible things Mm. Uh, you talked about it a little earlier on the podcast, but it is for those who are curious. Um, you, you have a podcast called This Whole Life. Mm-hmm. Could you share just a little bit about what happens on that podcast? And if our listeners are curious where they can find it. Yeah, for sure. So um, my wife, uh, Kenna, and I have a podcast, like you said, called This Whole Life. And 
Uh, Kenna is a licensed marriage and family therapist here in Minnesota, and both of us have a background of ministry. So it's a it's a faith and mental health podcast. And mental health in the broad sense, like what does it mean to be healthy in our minds mm. so that we can be spiritually and physically healthy as well as these integrated human people that are not just souls carried around by bodies, but I'm a body, a mind, a soul everywhere I go, you know? So yeah. we have lots of really practical practical conversations about the way that people look at the world, the way our brains work, about marriage, parenting, relationships, about faith and spirituality and how it affects our mental health and vice versa. Great guests. And um, you can find it pretty much anywhere, Spotify, yeah. Apple, anywhere you find podcasts, this whole life. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, and you can look it up at uh, thiswholelifepodcast.com as well. Yeah. So Your episode you. on anger the other day really hit. Hmm. That was a good one. Yep. It that was, was a good one. That was a good one for me to remember and listen to as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to it and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I think it was two days after we recorded that episode. <laughs> it had not been released. And I was like, screaming at a four-year-old like <laughs> wanting to bang my head against the wall like what are you doing oh. <laughs> it's real in my life yeah. real life yeah cool yeah well pat thank you so much for being on the show i really appreciate it and uh we really also appreciate everyone who listened to this episode if you could uh like and follow us or maybe give us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast it really makes a big difference and helps other people uh to hear to hear these stories uh, but more than that, I just go out there and, and churn something up in your life. Walk clockwise in a, in a pool. Do something <laughs> crazy. Um, maybe it'll make a great story. And, uh, and then after you're done, then apologize to your boss. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, go out there and share some stories, everybody.